We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good with it? The Honor Boys are in the building, Lucky Lefty Podcast. I'm Sean Davis. Of course, that dude showing off his one Jacksonville Jaguar shirt that he has in his wardrobe. I have others. Don't worry. (laughs) This is the original Lucky Lefty himself, Malik Zaire. We are brought to you by Honor Whiskey, honorwhiskey.com. That premium American whiskey, honorwhiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you do so responsibly you got to do it responsibly we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com.
Left, may I ask you a question? My wife tried to get me to do something. It was almost a challenge. A challenge? Yeah, it was a challenge. She challenged me to get the Bobby Brown Gumby. The Bobby Brown Gumby. When I get back to Chicago. Okay. She was like, you can pull it off. Mm. Now, I told her you're out of your mind because, you know, if that's the case, I might as well go back to the every little step I take video and rock <laughs> rock the tight shorts with, with, the, with, with the undershirt with the suspenders. I'm like, man, I'm like, what are we talking about? So we're going to talk about things today and challenges that might sound a little bit kind of strange, right? We're also going to talk about recruit and develop. Notre Dame over the last five years has had one of the best records of recruiting and developing players for the NFL. I think they ranked sixth amongst all schools, which is kind of ironic because I don't think a lot of people would consider Notre Dame a development school as far as big-time athletes. And we're going to reference a fantastic story. We have to give credit to whom credit is due. Pete Sampson, who covers the Notre Dame Fighting Irish for The Athletic, wrote an incredible story where he broke down the numbers of the recruiting classes since 2019. And development and high guys ended up in the NFL, you know, where they were ranked when they committed to Notre Dame. We'll dig into that a little bit. But, uh, you know, let me uh, tip my cap. Well, I, I was about to tip my cap to you, but uh, shouldn't you be tipping your cap to me? Because I think Chicago saved the Lakers last night, if I'm not mistaken. Chicago saved the Lakers. That was a horrible LeBron game, if we're going to keep it real. That was a horrible LeBron James game last night. So I'm just saying. How do, you, how do you come up with something so diabolical? I'm just saying. Uh, Say your nonsense. That's what I don't understand. Because how do you, how do you take a performance of that magnitude at year 20, game one against a guy that everybody's hyping like this is some rival? But you know, I'll save that for the petty train. I got something for that later. All I'm saying is, who who was the uh, best player on the court last night? Anthony Davis. Oh, okay, that's all. That, that's it. But that's but but that's because it's LeBron inspired. Anthony Davis wasn't playing this deep in the playoffs. My point is, my LeBron. point is, if AD does not play like the best player on the court, LeBron ain't winning the series. It don't matter. Now LeBron ain't winning the series. Not if AD if AD doesn't show up, he's not. LeBron been doing this too long not to be. Okay. Peace to the playoffs. Okay. They just won, and what they did at away? What are we talking about? Well, you know what? Sacramento won a game at Golden State. 
You act like Golden State is scared to go on the road win games. Uh, yeah, they are. Oh, that game seven was on the road, right? What are we talking about, Jared Vanderbilt? Wait a minute. What was the he doing seven? yesterday? What do you mean? Yeah, putting Steph Curry. I know in he the- he needed that double team on that last possession. I know that. Okay, and he get put up a wild shot. Whatever. I know that. I know that. They gotta. The whole thing is Golden State gotta hit more threes, and they that's, hit a lot of threes yesterday, and it wasn't enough. They that's what they do. I tell you one more. They can't hit more. I tell, I tell you one thing: if the Lakers aren't up double digits in the fourth quarter, they're gonna give the game away. They're, they're just they're, they're a they're dumb team. They have a fast track. track to the basket. Fast track to the basket. Nobody's Look, guarding you, LeBron. You, they had, how many points is, they have in the paint? This is a moment of clarity. You fully expect D'Angelo Russell to play like that every game? Tell the truth. He had 19. Tell if he can get truth. his 19, that's good. He's not even going to get you 10 some games. <laughs> you know the truth. You know the truth. What do you mean? He's taking good shots. You know the truth. He's taking you know good shots. He's taking good shots. The good thing about D'Angelo Russell is he's being defended by one of the worst defenders in the world, and that's Jordan Poole. <laughs> Jordan Poole's going to lose them the series. That's oh, man. Shots like that. What is that? That that cat Jordan Poole has absolutely zero interest in playing defense. Zero. Zero. So, yeah, that was it. I, man, I love the game, though. I think you're going to get similar games, in my opinion. Similar games throughout the series, back and forth. I think both teams can win on the road. So we'll 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 see. We'll it's see. Uh, definitely one that makes the NBA playoffs worth watching. And then you get follow that up with the now I think is over Suns and Nuggets series. I thought that was going to play a little better. It might get some uptick. Or let me tell you something. Who's more unreliable, Kawhi or Chris Paul, bro? Who's more uh, Chris Paul for sure in the playoffs? Because at least Kawhi finished, you know. Man, look, Chris Paul can never finish. Never, never. It's absolutely <laughs> insane, man. Been in the league just as damn near as long as LeBron and can't finish one season, one playoff series without getting hurt. Oh, boy. Shout out to the New Jersey Devils, man, who sent uh, Patrick Kane and the Rangers home. Put somebody on the petty train for that as well. Lucky Lefty Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, CFB Nation. That's right. Great content. Ryan Roberts, all of his content, CFB All-American. Just go to iTunes and Apple Podcasts, right? Well, go to Apple Podcasts and Spotify, search CFB Nation, and lock in with all of our great content. Man, we greatly appreciate you. We're going to be exclusive at CFB Nation once the fall begins. So you want to lock in with us over at CFB Nation right now. We give you the audio edible each and every day, home of the misguided passion. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we spin it different. Some interesting things, bro. Let's talk about the post-spring top 25 power rankings. This is post-spring. Post-spring. Where would you put your money that Notre Dame comes in at? Bottom 15. Mm. 
You say bottom 15. All right. You would be right. Where's the bottom? Yeah. 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 Let's see. The Georgia Bulldogs, you know, remain at the top, number one. Coming in at number two, the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, Man, you know what? Michigan has been on a run, especially in the class of 2024 recruiting rankings. It's been crazy, but I think that's about to come to a pause because Notre Dame is about to be on a run probably over the next month or so, heading to the official visits in June. Florida State comes in at number four. Uh, for some reason, I feel like Florida State is a little bit too high. Yeah, they need Florida State for the for the for the college football sake. Well, I'm sorry, they they come in at three. My apologies, left, but I, I just they were ranked four before the spring. They move up they three have a quarterback. That's how the power of having a quarterback that people believe is going to be in New York at some point. Yeah, it's even going to be in the in the top five easily. So, you know, Sam Hartman gets us in the 25, but it just shows that if we had Jordan Travis, we would be a top five team right now. You think, wait a minute, that, that's interesting, Left. Why do you think Jordan Travis would make Notre Dame a better team? Is that, <laughs> is that just who he is as a quarterback or is it just perception? Jordan Maybe. Travis not on Florida State. Florida State's not a top three team. Mm. Nobody's going to put them in the – because who else other than Jordan Travis are you looking at like, man, like they got this guy and this guy and this guy like you can do for Georgia, like you can do for uh, Alabama, like you can do for other schools. So, yeah, I think they're riding heavily on what they believe Jordan Travis is going to be like going into the season. But, come on, Florida State just came on the scene, what, last year? So how no, I, 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 no, I'll push back on that. I think Mike Norvell, for what he walked into, he had to really deal with the nuts and bolts of that program because it was a shambles. And I think he's done an incredible job. You know what it was, though? He made the decision. You remember when they came to Notre Dame? And I think Notre Dame beat them by like 20 but Jordan Travis in that Florida State offense just kept scoring. Like Notre Dame had to keep scoring that night because Jordan Travis kept coming. He just kept coming. And I think in that moment, he decided to make Jordan Travis the face of their program and their offense. And once he did that, Jordan Travis kind of bloomed. And now coming back as a leader in his final season, I think they get to kind of fulfill or, you know, realize the full manifestation of that decision that he made at that game. You know, because Notre Dame was, man, was pounding Florida State early in that game. And Jordan Travis just kept coming, man. And it was almost like, man, this kid is relentless. You know, and I think that was the first sign that you saw the type of player that Jordan Travis was eventually going to be. Yeah, you got to see a lot of uh... – um, a potential and a lot of talent in that game, you know, especially going against on primetime TV, having the ability to keep fighting and keep going. So um, it was good to see that. 
in that aspect. Yeah. I just think that, uh, you know, once the expectations in the preseason come on, what is the what is the response going to be? And that usually changes the quarterback uh, alone. And, and it's, a, it's a different expectation. You know, you got to uh, uh, put on the show when you're expected to win every game as opposed to putting on the show when they didn't think you was going to win, but now you're impressing people because you're on the radar. It's it's a different type of athlete it takes to play when you are already out there. They got the scouting report on you. They yeah. know who you are. You're not, you're not sneaking up on nobody. You know, they game planning for you specifically. So when there's no surprises, you can't just, you know, you get the the success of the guy that, that comes in and starts and has an amazing first game. Yeah, because they don't know you. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they don't know you got a cannon. They don't know that you, you know, making people miss or you good at this and that. But when you two seasons in, are you still, you know, making it hard for the defense? So it's now that Jordan Travis is in that expectation light, how is he going to respond this season? And, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough for him. You know, they started out with LSU, of course, which is the big-time matchup. But ugh, I just think it's a lot of hype. I think they're a solid program. I think Mike Norvell has done an incredible job to get them to this point. Uh, they did get some nice transfers, right? They got Brayden Fisk, defensive tackle from Western Michigan at Notre Dame won. Matter of fact, they defeated Notre Dame in that race. Jared Verse coming back when he was a top 10 pick in the NFL draft was huge for their defense. And we're going to talk about the top defenses returning, which has a surprise at <laughs> number 10. We'll talk about that in the second half of the show when we talk about the defensive upside of Notre Dame. But coming in at number four, USC Trojans. They were previously ranked seven before spring ball. I understand why. Right. Yeah. When you get Anthony Lucas and Bear Alexander as transfers, as defensive tackles, the biggest question was always the USC defense. They're much better in the trenches right now, without question. Getting those two players to come out there to SC. And the offense, I mean, I'm sure most people think they're going to continue to hum at the same level that they always have. Getting Marshawn Lloyd, the running back, from South Carolina, that helps as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, obviously USC is addressing what they've had an issue with for so many years, and that's just a fierce defense. Uh, But that back end is still vulnerable in many ways, but when you have a really good front seven, as Georgia has displayed, you know, that back end can be suspect in a lot of times because they don't have to cover as much, you know. Yeah, yeah. I do think they are making the adjustments, but you know everything just seems so easy to to make. All all these things are easy to make when you have a really good quarterback. So now it's like, oh, we'll just put some window dressing over here. We'll add a receiver over here. You know, mm-hmm. we'll get a couple transfers. No big deal. And now when you step back and look at the team, yeah, they got a Heisman quarterback, but now, oh, look at this piece. Oh, look at that piece. Oh, they just all look so much better. So. Um, it will be interesting to see uh, how they 
how they progress during the season. And, you know, the Pac-12 is a tough conference this year. I think outside of USC playing us, they got Oregon State that's going to be tough, Utah that's going to be tough, or uh, Oregon that's going to be tough, UCLA that's going to be a problem, gave them a problem last year. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. Man, look, <laughs> that last go-around in the, in the Pac-12 definitely is going to be challenging, right? Because there's some really good quarterback play out there in the Pac-12, bro. Mm. I look for DJ Uagalele, who we talked about extensively yesterday. You know, I look for him to be rejuvenated at Oregon State. Uh, we already know <laughs> what, the, what the second version of lefty, lucky lefty at Washington. We already know. Well, Michael Penix is going Michael to Michael Penix. You right. got Bo Nix. You got DJ. You got uh, Colorado and what they trying to do over there. The door is out there. And then you have – Caleb you know, Williams at SC. Dante Moore possibly starting as a true freshman at UCLA. Dante Moore at UCLA. You know, Arizona State, Jaden Rashada, whoever they going to play. Oh, man. You going to throw Drew Pine in the mix, dog? I don't know what they got going on. I'm just saying Arizona State can be – they got some transfers. Man, who else Who else in the Pac-12? Oh, man. Who else in the Pac-12? I'm trying to think. Um, well, the um, Utah is returning. That yeah, quarterback. Utah. He's been there for like 50 years, so. Cam Rising. <laughs> you got SC, tough. Oregon State, tough. UCLA is going to be something. Washington is going to be the underdog in this whole thing. Oregon is puts up 100 points a game in the Pac-12. So, I mean, every game, Colorado is going to be even better this year. Mm. So, I don't know who's going to come out of the Pac-12, honestly. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the most exciting conference this year because the SEC ain't – Mississippi State, nobody care about. You know, Vanderbilt there, whatever, you know, Kentucky, whatever. You really just want to watch whoever, Bama, LSU, mate, not Florida's going to be trashed this year. Um, Yeah, LSU games, Alabama games, Georgia games. Yeah, yeah. But in Tennessee, possibly. Maybe South Carolina. Other than that. I'm watching all Pac-12 games. <laughs> I mean, you're out there, bro. It's not a stretch for you. We have to stay up super late. On the oh, even Carroll. Even Carroll got a quarterback. Um, a quarterback transfer up there. I think so. Yeah, I'm watching Pac-12 games. <laughs> Big Ten. Who you know? Ain't nobody playing in the Big Ten. Who, who's Michigan State's quarterback? Exactly. Nobody cares. Man, look. Coming in next at five. Quarterback, who cares? I'll go ahead. They were previously ranked second. Now they're ranked fifth, and that's the Ohio State Buckeyes. I can understand why they dropped to five. I would expect. I actually expected them to drop a little bit more. You know, when you find out that they're going and they're going and taking uh, left tackle transfers, <laughs> and that gave up over 40 pressures last year and committed 21 penalties at left tackle. And they have a need to add that type of player to that offensive line that has struggled during the spring. You're like, okay. And you bring into the, what? 
It's a focus that neither Kyle McCord or Devin Brown are the same level as C.J. Stroud, in our opinion. They do have Carnell Tate, who's been absolutely fantastic. They have a deep running back tandem. And then their defense returns a lot of great players, to be honest, man. Jack Sawyer and J.T. Tuomarolo. Uh, Ohio State doesn't have a good quarterback. So that, that you know, worried about him. Yo, now the six team, I'm dude, Nick Saban must be. I just don't get it. Either they are bringing back the greatest defense that Nick Saban has ever had, because I just don't understand how you see this Alabama Crimson Tide offense putting up points right now. I just don't, bro. I don't. They have quarterback you know, issues. With Tommy down there, it's at least going to take two years. He's not the type of dude to go down there and Joe Brady the thing and just pop off. That's true. I and think Coach Kelly might be the only coach to be transferable place to place and, and have a have a solid start where it's like, okay, it's pretty consistent. You know, he give us about 10 games, eight games, whatever. <laughs> the you crazy know. thing is Caleb Downs appears to be a dude. He appears to be a dude. The safety out of got, Georgia, the true the, freshman oh, out of yeah, Georgia. Safety. He was practicing with the team during their bowl preparation. Right. He, he reported early, and he has taken the secondary by storm, according to most close to the program. So he's that dude, you know. So and remember the two running backs that they brought in. So you know you get Justice Haynes. And then the other kid, you know, the kid that rode in the Lamborghini with Marcus, his name is Skip. Uh, Richard Young. Richard Young. Thanks, left. And, and Richard Young. They got Jackson Haynes or whatever that kid name is. They say he's a monster, too. Oh, Justice Haynes out of <laughs> Georgia. Yeah, Justice Haynes out of Georgia. So that duo comes in. And Nick, Nick might be going back to more of a pro, tough offense, running the ball, play action especially with Tommy as the OC, rather than wide open, three, four wide receivers, you know, under what, you know, Steve Sarkeesian started. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be it's going to be a, a easier time for Tommy with the type of guys he got. You know, I mean, good grief. You just turn around and hand the ball off. You yeah. Get yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, he's good with them tight ends. You're going to see some of that in there. So I guess they might be ranked. Gonna, they don't have a better team today. I, I, I can say that. But they're going to have some – they're going to have a good team. Obviously, it's Nick Saban. Yeah, LSU moves up a spot after the spring to seven. They return a lot of starters. Jaden Daniels comes back. Of course, man, it's LSU. They always seem to have receivers in the fold. And then, you know, you have star linebacker Harold Perkins Jr. coming back along with the class that they brought in in 23. So I don't want to spend too much time on LSU. We moved to the Big Ten, and Penn State comes in at number eight. Penn State, I just don't trust, bro. Yeah, Penn State, they'll be bottom 25 by the end of the season. They'll lose to Ohio State in a close game. They'll get crushed by Michigan or something. You know how that goes. So they go to the horseshoe this year, and then Michigan comes to them. Yeah, they'll lose both of those and fall right. Right, Illinois will be competitive with them this year. 
they might be three or four with Illinois in the Big Ten. Mm. Clemson, this is where I start to disagree because there's no way Clemson should be ranked in front of Notre Dame. I just, I can't see it. Based upon what? They coach. I guess. That's it. That's it. You can't say nothing else. What do they have better in Notre Dame other than the, the coach's accomplishments right now? Nothing. Notre Dame is better at quarterback. Notre Dame is better on the offensive line. Defensive line. No, they're not better on the defensive line, bro. Collectively, yes. No, I'll disagree oh, with that. KJ Jefferson, Brian Brzee, they lost all their guys. No, bro. Mar- they, were, they lost Miles Murphy. I'm not saying that it might be even. But Notre Dame is not better. And, and anything is a wash. Okay, well, wash it. If, if you want to say it's a wash at defensive line, then I'll give you that. They return eight people on defense, bro. Like, but lost three D linemen. Yeah, but Xavier Thomas and, and Davis come back. Xavier Thomas, a fifth year guy who's supposed to be a three year guy that can't get right and stays hurt. I'm not worried you're about t- you being a tad bit disrespectful right now, bro. No, but in comparison to all the depth that we have and all the young guys that we have coming up, you're saying that's a better D-line than our D-line room? Yeah, but you're, you're, you're comparing guys. They have young guys coming up too, left. They recruit too. I agree with that. I'm Matter of just- fact, they recruit D-line probably better. The only – they might be – if you talk about D-line recruitment. They've the been only- great. They've been great. Maybe Georgia is the only program that recruits better at the D-line? For this year, we have a better D-line room than Clemson. Clemson lost a lot of experience. And I'm saying they don't have guys. I just believe we have a better room. I just don't want you to go viral on the wrong thing, bro. You say we have a better room? I'm not saying we – they may have one or two players that obviously they got a five-star in there somewhere. You know, they got some some individuals that are – highly touted as a room and production level i think we will be better this year there's nothing wrong with that man i i i, I can't rock with you on that one we, we just we can just agree to disagree i'm trying to look out but i promise you this clip is gonna come this clip is gonna come back up down the line somewhere got some like, you know clemson always has some linebackers oh Carter and Simpson, a man. Freeze, Miles Murphy, KJ Jefferson gone, Trenton Simpson gone. That's their whole. But you I mean, keep saying that, but they was historically reload at D line. That's what we did to all those guys that got drafted this year. Put thirty seven mm-hmm. on them. Thirty seven to what? Thirty seven to what? Nothing. I agree. So it's like even they best guys they had last year wasn't good enough to beat us. So they all got drafted. So what does that make them going into next year? We have both our first-round tackles coming back. We got Zeke Corral that's pretty solid. And the two guards that are going to be fine where they at. So Okay. Not Simpson. Trotter, Jr. That's what I meant to say. Right. Let me ask you a question. So you're, ba- you're basically saying you're taking Notre Dame based upon what could be. Because Clemson has dudes on the D-line that, and at the linebacker position that have done it. 
And those guys have got whooped last year and also got drafted. Once again, they, they, once again, you're picking one game. Okay, we're just saying. Wait, wait, wait. Let me finish. You pick present. one game. Yes. They were a top 10 defense. Yes. You can say what you want to say. They were they, a top 10 they had. They were a top 10 defense, even we with were, that one game, right? We Michigan was a top 10 defense, and TCU ran all over them. It's easy for one. Every good team has one game. I agree with that. Now, where all those same guys being a top ten defense, getting whoop buzz, are all gone. They're not all gone. You keep saying they're all we gone. We just named not. five guys that got drafted this year. Miles Murphy, he was a five star. Brian okay. Murphy, he was a five star. Okay. AJ Jefferson, he was a five star. Okay. Uh, Jeremiah Charter Jr., he was a five star. No, no, no. Simpson got drafted this year. Simpson. Simpson. Charter Jr. is back. Carter's Ooh. back. But all those guys Xavier Thomas are is back. on, though. Xavier Tyler Thomas Davis is back. Tyler, Xavier Thomas has been there. Those oh, guys what's, what's are the that they that they lost the, the guys that were experienced that they had last year, and I believe that our room is more talented and deeper than what they have coming back. I don't the, know about The best parts you, of the room are graduated. You keep, you keep saying more talented, bro. Isaiah Frosty leaving our D line isn't it as an impact as it is for them having four of their best players in the D line room get drafted and leave? You're telling me that they have a four that's better than what they just left? No, because if that was the case, they wouldn't have started. Wait a minute. When you when the four came in that just left, look at who they were replacing. They were replacing Big Daddy Wilkins. Right, but those and that crew, that and you didn't think you were like, man, how could they replace that crew? No, well, no, that's no, what no. happens when you're a good program. Hey, you can you listen. reload, and you reload, right? But those guys were freshmen. They weren't who they are at the when they got drafted. So this is the year to get them. That's what I'm saying. The same thing for Ohio State. Ohio State doesn't have. I'll give you a perfect example. You, you, I'll give you the perfect example. Of what one game, this is how one game could throw it off, right? Notre Dame put, what, 40 points up on Clemson? Yes. Right, when they beat him in 2020 at home, right? Mm -hmm. What happened the second time around? What that Clemson defense do? Well, they had Trevor Lawrence. Oh, no, 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 no. I asked you what did the defense do to the Notre Dame offense. I didn't ask you what Trevor Lawrence did. I asked you what that same defense that you like, oh, and and what happened the you next time? Like Trevor Lawrence on your team. Okay. Elevates the whole team. That defense looked regular. When okay. Trevor Lawrence came back, everybody was like, okay, we can play who we like we are. Prime example, when DJ was in there, both times, mm. that defense was giving up any and everything. Because why? Because on the opposite side of the ball, they were three and out, 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 three. And out, three, three. Left. Ooh, when Trevor Lawrence was on that second time, they're driving down the field, scoring points. They got momentum. It was just like, uh, you know. See, this is why I call Cap. Because you weren't even high on the defensive line coming into the spring left. I wasn't. You weren't. You weren't. For, now, all of a sudden, they, they, you've gone from to be, not being high on the, on the defensive line before to now, the they're better, now they're better than Clemson's defensive Wait a minute. line. Before the spring started, you're absolutely right. Wasn't high on. Saw saw how I developed, saw some guys pop and flash, mm -hmm. had more confidence in the depth. 
at the end of spring. Mm -hmm. Okay. I always told you though that as a as a collective, we'll have more production than last year, which gives us the depth and talent and potential that I think we have. And I think that as a group is better than what Clemson's gonna produce this year because of who they lost and the youth that they have coming up. We have vets and youth and talent. They got youth and talent. That's mm-hmm. why I think we are better. And we also have that. Hmm. All right. Move on, man. I don't think they deserve to be in the top 10. That's just my opinion. The Texas Longhorns, who haven't proven a darn thing, Nothing. are 10 at the spring. Uh, look. Off of potential. Tennessee is 11. I they only returned six people on defense. They returned a lot on the offensive line. They returned running backs. Hendon Hooker's gone. Joe Milton II takes over. Uh, Brew McCoy, he's still there. They lost Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt. I don't know what he's going to have to work with at the wide receiver position. They did get, uh, what, Dante Thornton to transfer from Oregon to add the speed to the offense. But Notre Dame eventually comes in at 13. And this is where I would put Washington at around eight or nine in my rankings. And then I will put Notre Dame probably right behind Washington. Okay. I will put Notre I think Notre, I think Washington deserves to be ahead of Notre Dame right now. Yeah. Right? I can hear you. I think, man, I think their defense is highly underrated. I think that the defensive backfield is really good. Really good. They always have some good DBs, for sure. Really good. And when you have good DBs in that conference, it goes a long way. They have, For sure it is. Yes. And they have two young pass rushers that are going to get better. They return. They went out. And they got some transfer running backs to come in from Arizona State. They had got a kid. And then they got a transfer that came in from Mississippi State, if I'm not mistaken, to add to what they already have is like a top. I might be lowballing saying top five. I was about to say they have a top five wide receiver room. It might be top three. Yeah. Man, it might be top three. So I will put in my rankings, I would have Washington around eight and Notre Dame around nine. Now, interestingly, this is what they had to say about Notre Dame after the spring. They returned six players on offense, six players on defense. Marcus Freeman hoped to have a quarterback competition stretching into August. No, he didn't. That won't happen after Tyler Buckner decided to transfer to Alabama, leaving former Wake Forest starter Sam Harbin as the man in South Bend. This coming season, he threw for nearly 13,000 yards with 110 touchdowns during five seasons with the Demon Deacons. Tailback Logan Diggs, the second leading rusher last season, entered the transfer portal recently. Jaden Greathouse, who they originally had as a tight end <laughs> on ESPN, you know, uh, looked like he'll be able to contribute right away. The Fighting Irish lost top pass rushers Isaiah Foskey and Jason Adamiola, nose guard, Jason Onye, and Ian George Patello made some strides 
coming off the edge during the spring. So that's that's their thoughts. Yep. I mean, you know, I do think at the end of the day, we have a chance to do something special. And Washington, I think, is the lead runner just from a paper, looking at the paper perspective. I think they're really good. And so where we go from here, I think it's obvious that there's going to be teams that take themselves out of that top spot. I believe Texas is going to take themselves out of that top 10 spot. I believe Penn State is going to take themselves out of that top 10 spot where we don't have to do too much for some of these teams. Penn State does it by default every year. Yeah. Every year. They start hot. You know, you're going to see a lot of Penn State clips early in September and a couple in August. They're going to maybe pull off a big win early. And then you're going to get down to November. Penn State playing an Iowa team late in the winter, playing Wisconsin late in the late in the snow, and get beat or something or some terrible game, and now they drop out of the race. You know how that goes. So I do believe that half of the teams in the top ten are going to take care of themselves. What we've always been good at as Notre Dame is being good late in the season. If we, we have to have a rally stretch where we have to win all the, the late October, rest of November. We do that. Mm-hmm. We do that. We usually lose the season early on, like Ohio State, first game, right. Georgia, third game. You know, we usually lose our season and be bottom of the playoffs trying to get in early. So if we can start hot and finish how we usually finish, we can be a team that can make it in the playoffs deep. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, the schedule they have should, should should be able to yield a hot start for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. That's early, <laughs> but First look, it's all about September twenty third, right? It's all about September twenty third. Like you said, that is the true catapult 
of this entire season. And from that standpoint, man, you man, USC is right behind that game, actually. You know, after they got Ohio State and USC, you know, within like two or three weeks. So, you know, that is the heart of the season right there. You know, starting September 23rd. That's why Sam Hartman was brought here. And it was good to hear that Sam Hartman has kind of, you know, talked to people inside the program, that Sam Hartman's demeanor has kind of evolved after Tyler left. Yeah, you get that. Whereas that, you know, the whole lotion, the whole lotion on the back thing, he doesn't have to do it anymore. No. He doesn't have to praise Tyler anymore. They don't have to worry about Tyler's feelings anymore. He's the dude, you know, and, and you're starting to see that. And you're starting to hear from people inside the program and players that, okay, yeah, he, he's moving a little different. And that Dove Soap done got him right. <laughs> Dove Soap. Dove Soap done turned him up. Lucky well, Lucky Podcast. Off of you, man. Yeah, he started turning around. Would you rather know the name start outside the top ten in a year like this? Well, I know that we're a team that always gets better later. It gets greater later for Notre Dame. So not starting and especially seeing the teams that are in the top ten, I'm not worried. <laughs> so you can put a Penn State in front of us because they'll they'll take themselves out of the race. You know, one of the things where you, yeah. you it's the tortoise and the and the hare. Yeah. You got a lot of hares in that top ten. <laughs> so we just gonna slow climb our way and do what we do best. We might we might pop off a little early when we whoop up on Ohio State. So mm-hmm. we do got to get some of these teams up out of the top ten. But other than that, listen, you you might see a totally different uh, top ten by by October. You know, I'll put it to you like that. You might see a top ten different by October. Lucky Lucky Podcast. One of the things I find very interesting before we let go, as I said before. Our colleague, Pete Sampson, who covers Notre Dame for the Athletic, did an incredible job. It really was a solid article, basically talking about Notre Dame and their development of players left. And (laughs) it it was spot on, right? Look, Notre Dame has not produced linebackers and safeties. They've done a poor job when it comes to line. Kyle Hamilton is like the unicorn. Yeah. At a safety position when it comes to recruitment, development, NFL, right? Tight ends and O line. That's, that's what we do. And they've done it with four star and some three star offensive linemen. Of course, the four stars end up a little bit better, but Notre Dame has been able to do it without getting the five star offensive linemen. They've been able to develop and allow them to matriculate and be really good NFL players. Like as president coach. Uh, good coaching there. Uh, so you're saying coaching is important, left? Is that what we're saying? Well, when you're talking about developing superstars and superhumans, yeah, and not getting five stars all the time, yeah, and doing that, that has to be a reflection of the coach. You know, yeah. and when you have a Hall of Fame type of coach like that, I you know, you're gonna turn out more players than you might have on a regular recruiting level. 
like Charles Jagasaw. He, mm. I think he came specifically because of East End, you know, he even said yeah. yeah. One of the most incredible mm. things that stood out in this article is that the Irish was solid in developing three-star prospects. Then Notre Dame has been able to get in three stars, develop them, mm. get them to the NFL, mm. but they're the worst in taking or getting the five-star talent that makes it to the draft boards. That's the challenge that faces Marcus Freeman and his staff. And you they look, and you cannot miss, like when you have the ball set up on the tee with a kid like Justin Scott, who's 70 miles from campus, going to a Catholic school with plenty of connections to Notre Dame in the Chicagoland area. You cannot miss on this kid. Like when you have five-star talent, Elijah Rushing, out of Arizona, another defensive lineman. According to some, the best rushing in in the 2024 class. They were out on Eliza rushing just over a month ago. Al Washington, Marcus Freeman, what they've done to get him back on campus and then to get him set up for an official visit in June and to pretty much be in the top three, in my opinion, for his services, it's an incredible job. So... The one thing that stood out to me in this article, stars matter along the defensive line. You cannot win championships by going and getting three stars and developing them. Stars matter. The schools that get the five stars along the defensive line, those are the schools, the Clemsons, the Georgias, the Alabamas. Those are the ones that reign supreme and seem to always have an advantage in the trenches particularly on the defensive side of the ball. That was a great job, him pointing that out. The stars do matter. Like, you might be able to develop on the offensive line with three or four stars. You might be able to go get productive running backs at a three or four stars. But quarterbacks and defensive line, you better go get the dogs. Because <laughs> that development stuff. And, of course, Georgia was able to win back-to-back -back with Stetson Bennett. But, heck, Stetson Bennett was surrounded by five stars everywhere. Now, yeah. if you're going to supplement, if Notre Dame is about to supplement their quarterbacks with five stars everywhere, then by all means. But, you know, just this stat as well. Draft percentage since 2000. This is from 2009 to 2019 as far as recruitment and then developing into draft picks. Notre Dame only trails Alabama, Ohio State, LSU, Georgia, Florida, and Clemson in draft percentage of players. At 23% of the players that come through Notre Dame end up getting drafted. That's pretty darn good. That's pretty darn good. And this is pretty much based upon the Brian Kelly era. So if Marcus Freeman takes it to the next level, we fully expect, I looked at at least three mock drafts, at least three way too early mock drafts for next year, and both of them had Blake Fisher and Joe Alt in the top 20. Rightfully so. I, I looked at three, and two of them had Blake Fisher and Joe Alt in the top 20. One did not have Blake Fisher in the top 20. So once again, offensive line, dude, every other year, Notre Dame is going to put some type of offensive lineman in a draft. I'm sure in two years, three years, Charles Jagasaw will be 
a first-round <clears> pick. Gerby Lambert, if he chooses to come to Notre Dame, is going to be Peter Jones. He's going to be a first-round pick. That's not the problem. The problem is, you know, a shout-out to them getting the, the Dixon kid from Miami in the 25 class, the big 300-pounder, to commit because you need those type of guys along the defensive line to really take the next step. And we're going to talk about defensive upside coming up next. But Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman and what they're doing with this 24 class is absolutely amazing that they're in on Elijah Russian. And, and look, I told people, uh, I forget. It was a recent video where a couple of people that worked for the same company as the individual that crystal balled Justin Scott the Miami. Two people that worked for the same company came out and said, nah, Notre Dame is still in a great spot with Justin Scott, and I fully expect them to kind of win the day. Yeah, that's right. So when I was like, crystal balled by who? Based upon what? A conversation about a non-official visit? <clears throat> like, come on, man. Like, like, what are we really talking about? And at the end of the day, this is the thing. Now, he did a recent interview where he talked about paying attention to all the recruits that Michigan has added recently with the Smith twins, uh, Jane Davis. He's paying attention. Why? Because at the time that I first spoke to Justice Scott, guess who was leading his recruitment? Michigan and Mike Elston. Uh, Michigan was the program that he talked the most about the first time I spoke to him. Look at the, that. Next, the next week, Notre Dame showed up at his school and everything changed. Everything changed. But before then, he talked about Michigan, the program, how they have accountability, how he loves the campus. He talked about all of that. Michigan was the school. And then Notre Dame came in and changed everything. And now you started to hear him talk about Michigan again. It's like, look, <laughs> that's why I laugh at the whole Miami stuff, personally, because I'm like, that's not even – that's really not even him. That's not even his vibe. It's not. I mean, who wouldn't love to play for Miami? Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? But that's not even his vibe. It's not even his vibe, man. So – you, have, you just take everything with a grain of salt right now and make it to just make it to June, man. Just make it to June. You know? So that's three three individuals that work for the same company as the person at Crystal Ball Miami are saying no today. Right now. So Everybody that was panicking, I had people hitting me in my Twitter inbox, my Facebook messages. I'm like, dude, relax. What are we talking about? Yeah, relax. He's leaning based upon what? Like, give me the information. Give me the information. He's he's leaning based upon what? It's yo because he's a high prospect, so people just can't trust him. You know? No, even Tom Lemming 
chimed in recently and said he would be shocked if Justice Scott didn't end up in Notre Dame. I mean, look, man, that's why I look. Where's my caps? I'm not in my office, dude. So I would tip my cap, man. Marcus Freeman and Al Washington are working their tails off, bro. That's now, right. At this, Notre Dame needs to stand up. This fan base needs to stand up. As much vitriol as they threw as Al Washington last year and early in the 24 process, man, stand on your feet and get that man a round of applause for That's the right. work he's doing along with Marcus Freeman. They kicking tail right now, dude. They kicking tail. Tail. They're still in on Marquise Lightfoot. Marquise Lightfoot is like, I talk to Al Washington just as much as I talk to any coach, regardless of whether or not they rank players ahead of him defensively. They're talking to him. The Burgess kid out of Chicago, out of Simeon. Yes, Notre Dame's at the top of his list. I'm telling you, man. Notre Dame has recognized that they have to go get the dogs on the defensive line. That's the one great thing that I'll say about Marcus Freeman and what he's recognized. He's recognized I got to go get quarterbacks and I got to go get dogs on this defensive line. That's the one thing you've been asking, Left. Hey, all this chirping from the back and having all these defensive backs talking trash, that ain't nothing. When you can have them dudes in the trenches talking trash, that changes the total perception of your defense and your team. Yep. And Marcus Freeman and Al Washington are attempting to do that. And you have to give them credit, man. You Definitely have to give, give them credit. You give them credit for the fact that that Marcus Freeman is able to craft and carve out his whole uh, infrastructure and do it in a way where people can, can trust this type of retention and recruitment. Mm. I know we've had a lot of happenings of recruitment as of late and, and, and a lot of weary things, and it's crazy because this is only year two. Mm. The man barely put his feet in the water, and a lot has transpired from recruitment to, to, to coaching changes to people leaving and coming and going and staying. Mm -hmm. But the one thing you can feel the best about is one or two things. The first thing is that we're going to be in the conversation with the top players, the people that we usually wouldn't be in conversation with. So the Keon Keeleys, the Richard Youngs, they get on campus, mm -hmm. which is different feeling for a, a program being traditionally great but can't find the right five-star to at least give us interest. Uh, we get interest now. Yeah. And the second thing is – that Marcus Freeman, if he gets a guy, you know that that guy wants to be there for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Not only are we getting the attention and the con being in the conversation with the, the best players, which is new for us, we're going to have a chance to get some of them realistically. Yeah. He's going to be the right ones. So a Justin Scott, especially being in Chicago, this is a guy we can trust Marcus Freeman can close the deal on because, one, he wants to be there, and, two, if you want to be there and Marcus Freeman is recruiting you to be there, it's a 50-50 it's a, it's a relationship that can work, and I think it's going to work out for the best, uh, especially, you know, the retention factor. 
The retention factor is there for Marcus Freeman. And through all this short-term two-year thing that he's been going through with the happenings, it's still trust, more trustworthy than what we had 10 years of recruiting before. Look, if I'm reading the tea leaves, right? I told you the very first conversation I had with Justice Scott in 2024. I've been talking to him since he didn't even have an offer from Notre Dame. And I was talking to Justice Scott. 2024, I'll pull up on him at his game, and he's just raving about Michigan. He's raving about Michigan, bro. Mm-hmm. Raving. He, man, let me tell you something. He made me feel uncomfortable. Because I'm, mm. I'm a Notre Dame fan. I'm like, dude, come on, man. If you say Michigan one more time. We're going we're gonna to we're gonna have to really get into yeah. it. Yeah, I'm trying to be nice, but man. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, you know, you know, you recruiting is exciting, but it ain't that right. right? Like, come on, bro, come on. But he was being honest, like, and you know, when a kid starts talking about things that you didn't even ask for, I just asked the first question, and this kid just started like laying everything out, and I'm like, okay, I leave there. Reported, Marcus Freeman shows up the next week. Yep. Marcus Freeman leaves, and all of a sudden, the kid wants to announce on his birthday where he's going to school. Mm-hmm. So, read the tea leaves. Michigan has been there since the beginning. Notre Dame was the offer he was waiting for, even when he didn't have an offer. Notre Dame connection with his school proximity i've been saying he's not leaving the midwest he's a mama's boy i've been saying that been saying notre dame was on the verge of locking him up and ryan day showed up and all of a sudden unknowingly and all of a sudden we're where we're at now i read the tea leaves of course georgia because I want to ask you a very important question before we get to Notre Dame's defense. Read the tea leaves. I got Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame. That's what I have with Georgia and Kirby Smart being who they are, the back-to-back champions. They have a long list of defensive linemen that just got drafted. That's what I have. All this Colorado, USC, Miami, like, all right, cool. You can take trips, have great trips, talk about how much fun you had, talk about you can see yourself there and all of that. At the end of the day, after that Miami trip, this week he's been talking about Michigan, right? People covering the game are talking about Notre Dame this week and Justice Scott. And Ohio State is still out there. It's like, I don't care how you slice it or how you want to spin it. It's always going to come back to the same schools in the Midwest when it comes to Justice Scott, dude. It's just the way it is. Does Georgia have a shot? They got more than a shot. Are you kidding me? But this is the question I want to ask you. Based upon the LL, man, you guys jump in as well with this one. Based upon what Pete Sampson did in his research, 
how much development is really happening at schools like Georgia, Clemson, and Alabama? Because if the dudes are studs on the D-line, if we're seeing five stars go to these schools and get to the NFL, the talent is the talent. Yeah. The physical talent is the talent. My question is, how much development really takes place? It just struck me as, as being different and strange. Like, yo, when you get to this point, what are we really talking about? Yeah. How much development are we really talking about? When you have five stars that are just like, yo, they the dudes. They've been the dudes. It's the same thing with the quarterbacks, right, left? Bryce and CJ have been the dudes in that class since eighth grade. What changed? What changed? So when you talk about quarterback, you talk about defensive line. Yo, the dudes are the dudes. They are. How much development was done by Ryan Day and Bill O'Brien for CJ Stroud and Bryce Young? I mean, I'm asking you, how much development really took place? Or, or did they come there pretty darn good quarterbacks and just needed a little polishing? Yeah, I think it's, it's it, it they were the right fits for where their talent was uh what their talent allowed them to be. And so because they were uber talented, going to a place that that can that can foster that type of talent with other uber talented guys and then have some good coaches along with that, you get a a pretty good product. I mean, I think that's the, the, the <coughs> definition of what Caleb Williams did. Took his talent and went to a coach that can develop that talent that's elite and went with him wherever he went. And now you can see the success of it. Michael Penix Jr. left Indiana and said his talent was better. Went to Washington with the right coach. Got some good talent around him at receiver. And now he's possibly a playoff team. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Tyler yeah, so with, you know, Tyler Buckner with with Derrick Henry types at running back. Yeah. With a with a crazy super talented defense. Right. He, he may look like a second rounder, you know. Right. I'm just saying, like, you know, on defensive line, Notre Dame historically, <laughs> the the biggest uh hero is Matt Bayless, right? Yeah. Because there's always like three or four dudes in the class, Matt Bayless has to put 20, 30 pounds on. All right, Matt, we got to throw 30 pounds on this dude, right, and get him to play inside. George is just getting 310-pound dudes off porches down <laughs> in the yeah, South. They're working on coaching. They're just working on coaching. You know, team. down in the South, and you know how it is in the South, bro. It's a bench press in every front yard. Yeah. The bench press is in the front yard. They would go to the school. They just go in the front yard and just – it's crazy. So it's like, man, I'm asking myself just how much development is being taking place. Like, okay, you get guys technique-wise, but then the physical gift just takes over. Like, once you teach them the game, the physical gift takes over. And it's going to be really nice to have guys come into Notre Dame where the physical gifts 
can just take over. Right? Yeah. Like 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 a Manti, like a Jalen Smith. Whereas like, dude, they don't even know what they're doing. Just put them on the field. The physical, just the physical tools are just too good. It's just too good. And I think that's what you can point out about that Clemson defense last year, right? Plenty of five stars. Why was Notre Dame able to do what they did? Why? It had to be something technically that Notre Dame saw, but we predicted it because we saw Florida State do it two weeks prior. We were like, oh, snap. Florida State almost averaged five yards a pop on the ground. Yeah. Okay. We can get something done against these dudes. So it's very important, man. And I hope, you know, the little tidbits I gave about Justin Scott, you know, can kind of cool the thoughts of the whole Miami thing. You know, I've always said this is a fight that, look, the fact that Justin Scott did not receive an offer on March 17th, 2022, I mean, 2023, was one of the biggest whiffs in Notre Dame recruiting history, in my opinion. Really? The fact that he had to wait a whole nother month and a half to get an offer from Notre Dame when they sent out all the offers to the 24 kids for March 17th, like they do every year. He didn't get a pot of gold. And this dude's a five-star in your backyard. To me, that was like the biggest faux pas. That was the the opportunity for Notre Dame to lock him up, to get out to such an insurmountable lead in his recruitment. I promise you, dude, I had B. Driscoll calling people like, yo, what's going on? I'm like, yo, what what's up with the offer? What what are we doing? What and eventually it came, but it's like you can't you can't miss out on that because you don't get opportunities for five star defensive linemen in your backyard like that. It doesn't happen like that. Doesn't happen like that, right? I'll give you like the safety situation that he pointed out has been a big failure in development as far as NFL. You can't let a five-star safety like Xavier and Wonka get away. Mm-mm. You can't. You, you can't lose him to Iowa. You can't. Why? Because you're not about to go get the Caleb Downs out of Georgia. You're not pulling him. Not pulling him. Hey. You got connections in California, but Peyton Woodyard, where did he go? Georgia. He committed early. It's like, man, you just, you have to understand. Man. You have to understand what it is, bro. You have to understand what it is. Absolutely. And I think that at the end of the day, too, 
when you when you recruiting these type of guys, it, to not give a pot of gold to the hometown, bro. Just look, man, the most disrespectful thing. You can do. What? Let me tell you something, bro. And this is why I don't know. You tell me. Let's say you're in a relationship and you are not doing any of the small things, right? And then all of a sudden, a month later, you start doing all of the small things. Should you get credit for doing that? Or should it be like, okay, finally? Because Notre Dame, honestly, has been disrespecting the Chicagoland area for a long time from a recruiting standpoint. I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah. They have. <laughs> they have. They have. But it is what it is. But it goes back to your point. There's no way. No way. But now they're on every big time, every big time defensive lineman in the twenty four and twenty five class. Now Notre Dame is all up on them, all I mean, up they on everybody. They on Nate Marshall, they on Burgess, they on Scott, they on Lightfoot. You name the defensive lineman coming out of Chicago. All of a sudden, the defensive lineman just started coming out of Chicago in twenty four. Like it just started. We just started manufacturing defensive linemen in, in twenty four and twenty five. I've been there, man. They've been there. You know? When you get opportunities in your backyard, right? Guess who? Another kid. Wait a minute. You realize Illinois has another kid mocked in the top 10 defensively next year? You know how you laugh like, yo, Illinois really has a a top 10 defensive back? And then you saw his film and you were like, oh, snap. Yeah, they have a top 10 defensive tackle next year. Mm. Big Newton. Out of Florida, by the way of Chicago. Look, man, defensive players, impact defensive players are right within reach of Notre Dame, bro. In all of the surrounding states. You just can't miss out on them, man. It's particularly on that back end of safety, linebacker, and defensive line. It is what it is. And, you know, I see all the little snide remarks about I know what I know and what I do know, Justin Scott. I don't know. I know what I know. I don't know what you know. I know what I know. I know what I know. So I don't have to overreact to stuff. I know what I know. I don't think there's anybody else covering Justin Scott that talks to him about the Warriors and the Sacramento Kings in the middle of the game. In the middle of the game. In the middle of the game. Well, I'm not not sitting up here overreacting this crazy stuff, man. Can't do it. It is what it is. It is what it is. Come back. Notre Dame's defense, how good can they be? Lucky Lucky Podcast, we spend it different.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.